This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Welcome to Is This Real Life? Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives in the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. What a week it's been. Britney Spears is finally a free woman. Paris Hilton is married. Lindsay Lohan is back to acting in a Hallmark Christmas movie. LVP became a grandma. The Real Housewives of Orange County trailer dropped. And we are getting into what I think is going to be some of the best television of the decade with the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I don't even know where to begin. (laughs) Oh my gosh, maybe start with the OC trailer. So I know it kind of was a little bit boring, but I have pretty high hopes for this season. I don't know, I'm kind of thinking of it more in a selling sunset vibe, like something that you watch and maybe your eyes glaze over a little bit, but it definitely brings you something. I'm quite excited to see Heather Dubrow's house, to see her friendship with Gina and Emily, to see Shannon without a close friend on the show. I Oh my God, she's going to spontaneously combust. And mark my words, I believe that Noella, the new housewife, is giving a lot of Bronwyn energy. I feel like she's just going to be super cringe and we're either going to love to hate her or we're going to hate to hate her, but I can't see many of us liking her. But that's just my uh, initial take on all that. I'm uh, I'm pretty excited for it all. Starts December 1st. I am also loving Winter House. It's just so, I don't know, I just think it's so fun. I love watching Luke in his element, building this igloo. And everyone else is just so drunk. There's so much debauchery. And it's really fun to sort of see the, what I think is the beginning of Craig and Paige's relationship. They're just friends, but it's interesting to, to see the dynamic. Um, Vanderpump Rules, on the other hand, it's just, it's not doing it for me. Now, I will continue watching because I watch all of this crap on Bravo, but I don't know, something just isn't working. The things that I'm interested to watch about this group of friends is not being shown. And and mainly because it can't, right? Like I'd be really interested to see how all of their reactions were to the cast members that are no longer. So finding out about Jackson Brittany being not asked back and Stasi and Kristen being fired. Like I want to know the real raw reactions. Everything sort of feels set up and not interesting, and they're not giving us a lot of context for things. So you had this week Charlie talking about how she's trying new foods, but we really, I don't feel like, got the backstory on why she doesn't eat more than three different things. And she said in interviews that she was raped at gunpoint at age 12, and that was a very traumatic experience, obviously, for her. And one of the fallouts of that is that she didn't eat most things, and she was afraid of trying new foods. And so why aren't we hearing more about why she doesn't eat the foods? And instead of just showing us this random party, it was just so bizarre to me. I am, though, very interested in seeing what's going on with the breakup of Lala and Randall, but we all know that they're not filming right now. So the things that I'm really interested in watching don't seem to be happening, and it's just it doesn't feel authentic and organic to me the way that it used to. And I don't know kind of how to to fix that. It makes me kind of sad. 
but I am loving everything else that's on right now and cannot wait for this coming week's Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. It's supposed to be another extra long episode, and we're getting everyone's raw, real emotion and reaction to Jen Shaw's arrest and indictment. And I just think it'll be very telling and very interesting to see kind of how everyone responds to this. I cannot wait. <laughs> well, this week on the podcast, I have Donnie Hadfeld-Smith and Quint Lamar. They are the hosts of the Know That podcast. It is so, 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 so funny. I'm sure you guys already listened to it. They also happen to be married. So they've got such a great dynamic, and I love, love chatting with them. As always, if you enjoy the show, go give it a five-star rating and write a kind review. And be sure to follow me on social media at Mandy Slutsker. We'll take a quick break and then be back with Donnie and Quinn. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Donnie Hadfeld-Smith and Quentin Lamar of Know That, a Real Housewives podcast. They also happen to be married. And this past week, they celebrated what I think was their sixth wedding anniversary. So mazel tov to you guys and, and welcome. How are you doing? Thank you. We're doing well. Well, I, I can yeah, thank you. speak for myself. I'm doing well. <laughs> Quinn, how are you? To, well, he's used to speaking for both of us. Don't like it now, <laughs> but... I'm also doing well, and thank you for having us on. Yeah, I'm so excited to get into everything, because I feel like this was one of the best weeks we've had of Housewives in a long time, just because there's been so much anticipation. But before we get into Salt Lake, I have to talk to you guys about Potomac, because it was the reunion okay. part one. Okay, first question. Did you expect that there was going to be a four-part reunion? I, I didn't hear that anywhere and all of a sudden no and then they just dropped it on us yeah i didn't feel like i'd seen anything that required four parts of reunion even though i think potomac is great i didn't think we were in four-part reunion territory no the only thing i can possibly think of is the Nicki minaj stuff is going to take a full so it's going to be like our normal three and then Nicki minaj for an hour how do you guys feel about the Nicki Minaj of it all? It's certainly a Donnie? choice, but <laughs> but I think I could say that about Bravo for like the past year and a half. Like everything they do is just what they want to do. They clearly don't take fans' opinions. Um, they don't listen to those. They don't read the news, apparently. I think they just truly wake up and do whatever they want. More importantly, they don't read the room. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's quite a it's quite a stance to take in the in the time that we're living in to have somebody who is so, in my opinion, what I would think is against a lot of what Bravo fans would stand for. You know, Nicki Minaj being controversial at this point in time. Uh, you know, it's a cho- like he said, it's a choice. Um, will I watch it? Definitely. <laughs> but it's a choice. I know. I was so shocked that they and then all of the women have to act so excited to see her. They can't be like, oh, so you've been harassing this woman that your husband raped all those years ago. <laughs> like, right. yeah. like it's, they're not going to bring that up. So they don't want the barbs to come after them. They don't want exactly. That. Oh, man. Uh, it'll be interesting. So uh, we're recording this on Friday, and I just saw online that Mia posted what appears to make it sound like she may not be coming back. 
So she put this post mm. where she's like, "You want more money?" No, she basically saying that you know it's really hard. I think it's hard on her to be called all of these like names, mm-hmm. and how much can you expect one person to take? And that her life is amazing, and she's happy and successful, and she doesn't need the platform. And so, I don't know. She's not sure if she has her heart, if it she has it in her heart to cut so deep. And so kind of going after Candace. Yeah. What, what can, do you guys like? I can see that. What's your sort of immediate s- reaction to, to hearing that? My immediate reaction is that, you know, Potomac is a group of black women. And despite what a lot of, uh, I don't want to call it the media, despite what a lot of, uh, I guess, racism, white supremacy would tell you about black women's morals, black women tend to be pretty conservative. And I think that Mia was a very controversial choice from the beginning because of that. And I'm not surprised she's gotten what she's gotten from these women. It's not, you know, it's no surprise to me that they equate having a man with being successful. These things that we see from the women of Potomac, like all of that tracks. And that is an environment that is going to be difficult for somebody like Mia, who for all in, like, the only relationship I've seen like Mia's is like gay relationships. Like it's very... <laughs> open is very honest is very sexual and that threatens some people so i i understand why that's difficult for her and i hate that she's going through that yeah and then i think not even just her relationship you have to look at the relationship with her mother too and i do know a lot of people bring up like well you're the one who brought her on the show you're i mean candace herself said it and that is true but i do think bringing someone in who agreed to it to showcase the lo- the life they have is one thing but then when you get these different pieces being like Candace's opinion on it or whoever's the fans opinion on it I think that adds a new layer that maybe they didn't know they were signing up for and they should have like like this is not the first year of Potomac but I do think maybe they didn't know exactly what they were getting into and Candace should know that. Like, she was angry that people were talking to her mother. She brought her mother on the show. Like, I don't understand why that's lost right. on some of them. But, you know, hey. A lot of things seem to sort of be lost on Candace. And I'm someone who yeah. enjoyed, like, I've enjoyed her on the show. You know, oh, last same, season, same. I was like, oh, my God, there's, and I and I still maintain, like, there's never an excuse for physical violence. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. what someone says to you. You need to be able to step back and not react with your fists, mm-hmm. right? So, but aside from all of that, she seems to equate shade throwing. <laughs> I say this is a white woman. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I know it sounds ridiculous, but like she equates being shady and giving reads and all of that with just being downright mean and nasty. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't seem to see where the line is. And the rest of the women do. And so this is just me watching being like, okay, so she thinks she's hitting back the way they're hitting at her. But the way they see it is she's hitting back so much harder and it's so unnecessary and it's way meaner than what the rest of them are doing. Like, how do you, do you think one that that's accurate? Like, do you agree with me? And also how do you think Andy has treated Candace compared to the other I do women? Ag- I do agree with you. And I think that we see that online from her as well. Like the comments they get, and I mean, death threats aside, just like the nasty little comments they get in the comments and in the DMs and stuff, they shouldn't be getting, but they do. And I think she takes it to a place where we don't really see from other women, both in her cities and other cities like no one feels the need to come back and clap back and go as low as she does and I think because of that Andy does treat her quote unfairly differently I'll say not unfairly differently than he treats the other women but I think people have to be honest about the fact that she is providing different content than these women so for Andy to hold her to a harsher standard or a higher standard he is, but she's also act, acting up more than these other women are. I agree. 
Somebody needs to show Candace an episode of Golden Girls. She needs to learn how to have that playful, shady relationship with your <laughs> friends and still not be doing these horrible things and saying these horrible things to them. I personally feel that Candace has gone lower than normal because of what happened with her and Monique. She got a lot yeah. of flack on the internet about being a punk, certain people doing those things, saying those things, which is, of course, not true. I think now she's thinking, you know, if you hit me, I'm going to hit you even harder. And she doesn't realize that at a certain point, you stop being the victim and you become the villain. And she doesn't seem to see that. And it's a shame because I've said this before. I have my criticisms of Candace, but I do think she has the makings of a great person and housewife. But she's going to have to get this cognitive dissonance thing. She's going to have to see what she's doing and how she's affecting people, or you're going to lose your audience. Mm -hmm. I know. Eventually, she will lose her audience. It makes me sad because the first half of the season, I thought she was so likable. She was so funny. I was like, yes, this is the Candace that I've seen that I want everyone else to see. And then as the season progressed, she just went down. (laughs) And I, last season, I did not like Candace at all. There was not one thing that I could like take her side on. I knew what Monique did was wrong, but at the end of the day, I still liked Monique more. And it just, it, it is what it is. So going into this season, I was like, I can't believe these women ran her off the show. I can't believe they both weren't. I mean, they weren't both fired because if they would have been in a fight at like, if they worked at a restaurant and fought like that, they both would have been fired. Like we wouldn't have thought about who was the Mm -hmm. physical one they just both would have been in the mix so i was mad that candace was there and monique wasn't but she really won me over the first half of the season and then when i started to think of why i turned on her again it was because the first half of the season she wasn't emotionally involved so she was able to be fun and just snarky and witty and throw shade and all of that because her feelings weren't into it once they brought chris into it and her marriage and her music video then it was the same woman i've come to know all these years and much like when people do get rid of people who fight at work uh for example there's a reason why that's done the only way that this could have worked out would have been if Monique had stayed or if they found a way for her and Monique to mediate and get this solved. But since it wasn't solved, we now see Candace here with her half of all of that drama that is unresolved. And that's a big part of what we're seeing here. Uh, yeah, it's like really depressing. It makes me sad because I think this is one of the most fun franchises. I watch it Mm -hmm. for laughs. I love the place that Giselle and Karen ended in. I really felt like watching them at the reunion, like they were being friendly towards each other for them. They weren't going hard. For them. For them. (laughs) And I appreciated (laughs) it. And I even saw a little glimpse of Ashley being what I thought was like very nice to Candace. Uh, you know, not necessarily warranted, but she did it. And I yeah. I don't know. I'm wondering. My favorite uh, housewives trope is the, you know, women that don't get along that next season, they like band together. Uh-huh. Like I don't know why. I find it fun. <laughs> Unlikely friends, you know. Do you think? Yeah, that's what we want to see. Yeah. We want to see those, you know, like we want to see a friend group that has this conflict, but comes together for certain reasons. We want that, like, because that's life. Like, that's what happens in your life. You sometimes have problems with your friends. I mean, you may not be openly shady or, you know, get into fights at restaurants with them, but you have conflicts with your friends and you ultimately are friends and you find ways to get through them. And we're supposed to be watching that in an entertaining way. And when you hold on to stuff and you don't ever, you know, come to a conclusion on it, it just, it becomes work for you as a viewer. Yes, because you're viewing it you're seeing that they are just co-workers where when like how we saw Candace um, I'm sorry how we saw Karen and Giselle how they came together at the end like that it almost you do feel like oh that was just conflict they had all these times and they really do care about each other at the end where when we see the way Candace was to uh, Mia or the way we see everyone was against Wendy we know that these women are only together because they are paid to be and that is not fun to watch we need to at least be able to pretend that these women are friends 
Right. Okay, so speaking of Wendy, Wendy last season was one of my favorites. I was so excited. I was not annoyed that she mentioned her four degrees. I was like, great, like, let's see this kind of woman on the show. Mm -hmm. Fine. I was so disappointed in her this season. I don't necessarily think she's wrong in anything. I just feel like she watched herself, didn't like what she saw, and decided to be a new person on TV. So either she wasn't herself last year or she wasn't herself this Mm -hmm. year. But either way, it's annoying. And... (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, like that's the most annoying thing was when women aren't themselves. That's why I haven't liked Erica Jane for multiple seasons because she hasn't been herself. So then and then to add on top of that, Wendy is making everything work because she's not moving on. She is holding on to anger. And it is so frustrating for me because I really liked her. <laughs> but like, what it's, do you the, guys it's what causes like, the yeah. downfall. That's right? what causes the downfall of a housewife, not being able to get over those things. That's what caused the downfall of Monique. She couldn't get over them coming for her child. And that's mm-hmm. what we see with Wendy. With Wendy, I just come from it just I'm left with this whole that must be true. Like that's the only thing that I can come from for this like godfather type vendetta that she will not just move on from this. Like you're not you're not doing what you think you're doing. You're just making it seem like it's true. And Potomac there's a history of throwing stuff out to see with sticks. And you can't take that personally. That's just a tactic of why partially why the show is so good, why we like it, and why it works. And when you start to take that personally, it just goes south for everybody that does it. It happened with Katie. It happened with Sharice. It happened with Monique. That's literally the only way you get off of Potomac. And it reminds me a bit of you know, Jackie on The Real Housewives of New Jersey. And, you know, people thought she was like, Mm -hmm. you know, so angry at Teresa for mentioning cheating rumors. But all of that was spanned in like two weeks of filming. Like after the two week period, she was able to move on. And, Mm -hmm. you know, for her, she's like, this isn't true. Evan and I know it's not true. That's not the part that hurts. The You know, the part is that you won't ever take ownership over trying yeah. to hurt me, you know? And and I thought she handled it beautifully. And I don't know why Wendy, as, as someone who clearly wants to be on the show and wants to be a housewife, doesn't just yeah. follow the housewife's playbook, which is like letting shit go and, you know, taking notes, taking names, keeping keeping a record and then moving on. Yeah, yeah, because she got to the point during the reunion where she had a comment about everything and that we can't not even can we not move forward past your stuff? We can't even like move forward past anyone's stuff because then you you're literally putting a pause in it every time. And to go back to Golden Girls again, (laughs) (laughs) because I love I'd love to do that. Part of it is like what I love about that is like, yeah, sometimes you really get somebody, but sometimes you get got. And that is the basis of the dozens. That is the basis of all of this. Sometimes you have to sit there, Dorothy's Bornock face and take it. You got me. Okay, I'll get you next time. But you can't get everybody every time. And that's what Wendy is trying to do because she got time today because I'm Zen Wen and I'm calm enough to cuss you out. She doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like she's caught up in her own crazy. She's going up her own butthole and we don't need to go there. <laughs> I know. Also, did you ever think Van Jones' name would appear on any of our programming on Bravo? (laughs) No, I did not think that. But if there was any woman in Bravo that I think he might be willing to date who was non-white, it probably would be Giselle. Oh my God, I'm laughing so hard. Okay, moving on past Potomac. Very excited for the three more parts we've got. I will take all the crap in the world that Bravo throws at us. I have no standards (laughs) when it comes to Bravo. I watch it all. Um, But, you know, moving into Salt Lake, we are getting some really good television, I think. I mean, I can't get over, I would say, probably the second half of this episode of this week. Before we get into the Jen Shaw of it all, I really want to dive into Mary because, wow, I don't know if we've seen a person like this on TV, for me, ever. I've never uh, seen a human being like her. I Jill don't. Who? 
Uh, Kelly Benzema? I mean, Kelly oh, Benzema. Yes, but see, Somebody Kelly... with some mental things yeah. going on. But she gives me Kim Richards too a little bit. Yeah, but Kim, somebody else okay, with Kim some is mental probably more. <laughs> but with Kelly, I never saw those glimpses of like there was something in in there. You know, mm-hmm. like where they look. I, and with Mary, I do. When she s- talks about her son leaving and how yeah. she has nothing in common with her husband, like that is dark, that is deep, and that is very real. And so there are moments where she says things or how she said how she never fit in or or stuff where I'm like, okay, I connect with you in this moment. Mm. And then, you know, like not even (laughs) two seconds later, she's just going off the deep end. And I know people like are dazzled by her. They find her funny. I just am not used to watching someone where I can't predict their next step. (laughs) I'm just not used to it. Right. Mary has Mary is I can't say quirky. I think it's a bit more than that. <laughs> Mary is um she has money, so we'll call her eccentric. Mary is eccentric in a way that I don't know will if it'll ultimately work for TV. It it, it has its moments, there's certain things, and then there's sometimes when the curtain kind of slips a little bit and you're made extremely uncomfortable for me. I can see, I can say that it was the plot against Whitney trying to make Whitney wear that outfit and her actually being upset that Whitney didn't fall for her joke. (laughs) That moment in itself, I had so many feelings. Like I was amused. I was a little scared. I felt sorry for her. There was so many emotions going on in that moment. Uh, Another one was when she needed silence to poop. I mean, these are things that, yeah, they're entertaining, but should they be? Right. That's a really good question. And I don't know. I mean, there's so much about her I find entertaining. But, I mean, the Park City Culinary Institute. Who knew it would be <laughs> the, the backdrop of all this? Um, so when she gets so mad at Whitney. Okay, I wanted to dive into this a bit more because... I rewatched it and she says she FaceTimed Whitney four times and she's angry that Whitney didn't answer the phone. Yeah. But Whitney later on claims that two hours later she called Mary back. But by that point, Mary was already angry with her, mm. wouldn't answer the phone and had made up this sort of narrative that Whitney never responded. And I didn't catch it on the first watch. Yeah. Because I thought, oh, okay, if she didn't respond at all. That's kind of rude, like not even a text. But that doesn't appear to be what happened. And that sounds about right. It scares me because this is exactly the kind of behavior of someone who expects to be treated a certain way. And does she not have, does Mary not have friends? Are the only people in her life people who she's related to and people that are parishioners? I believe well, the people that's that are related correct. to her, they seem to work for her because like yeah. she's the queen right. of the family. So it's like yes, I think she's kind of detached herself from what we get from normal, you know, being challenged by people and mm-hmm. and like you don't challenge God. They, they said that she thinks she's God, like some kind of pharaoh or something. Mm-hmm. So how do you, you check God? God does whatever God wants and yeah, and I also I wonder too if it was like from a production point of view, if she if Whitney didn't answer the FaceTime while cameras were there to get the reaction and the conversations. So then Mary felt like you wasted footage. This is less time on camera that I'll have. And she held that against her. I feel like Mary does not even realize cameras are around half the time. Like, I just don't think that that's where her... I don't think she's playing a game of chess when it comes to the show. I think that she expects, if I call you, you pick up. Because it's God calling. Yeah. And 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 I don't know. It's it's so wild to me. And Whitney is one of the women that actually has young kids. So she's driving carpool. And you know how people are in Utah in general. You know, these women are nasty to each other. You know, Whitney has said in interviews that some of her kids, like their friends, aren't allowed to play with them anymore after she's been on the show. So, uh, of course, if she's driving cool. carpool, she's not going to do anything no 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 yeah. like untoward right 
So That's answering true. a phone call, she's not going to do that in the mm-hmm. middle of with other people's kids in the car. You know, they yeah. just won't do that. Who wants? Also, if you have all that going on, like, you know, she's a young mom and all that stuff. Like, I feel like you need to be in a headspace to talk to Mary. And, you know, who who wants to just randomly do that? I think this, <laughs> I think it's all a part of that. You know? <laughs> yeah. And that's, uh, and I think that is a part of it. I think that, and I think that's why Mary's upset too, because I'm sure this is not the first person that felt that way about (laughs) Mary. Like, I'm sure Mary has been or has had phone calls ignored before, numerous times for 24 hours. So I think her mind just automatically goes there because she has felt left out by people i mean like you said i don't think mary's playing a game of chess here but you don't remember what people do to you but you do remember how they make you feel and this is a woman that was left on the cutting room floor and like only filmed in her closet last year so i think to be only filmed in your closet last year and now this year people are ignoring you i think i think it all stems from the same place and makes you feel the same thing yeah Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just, agree with that. I, yeah, I didn't think about it that way. She is something else. I mean, this whole, <laughs> I, I didn't realize this whole thing was that she holds the power of God. I don't know how I missed that during the first season. Yeah, that's allegedly how her church works. And uh, th- it's really hard to check that. And I think we see somebody who is treated that way. You see the way she talks to the people in her church. She talks to them like they're idiots it's i i don't know how i don't know if, how this on tv the way we see it how this is going to be a happy ending but i'll be watching yeah and that's the thing about to go a little deeper into salt like i feel like i don't know if it's because it came so late in the housewives game i don't know if it's because a lot of these women not mary but a lot of these women did like housewives research before they were cast because we know heather and whitney have been longtime bravo fans mm-hmm. but between Jen Shaw's arrest and then like wherever this Mary story is going, I feel like Salt Lake is going to be a flash in the pan where we get it and then it implodes. Like I don't know how no. many seasons oh, of I this. Hope not. I don't know how many seasons of this we can have, Mandy. <laughs> like like we right. are at a season eleven drama. Like this is this is OC cancer storylines basically. In and it did two. implode after that. You're right. Yeah. OC imploded. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Donnie, I didn't even yeah, think of that. <laughs> it's too much. It's too powerful. Okay. So, so you guys know I'm Jewish, right? So I don't spend that much time in church. I've been. And I'm <laughs> a, most of my friends are Christian. But like this isn't, I don't want to use the word normal, but like this isn't typical for a Christian church to have its like Mm -hmm. head say that it that person speaks for god none of the churches i've been to have been okay so this is (laughs) i've never heard that it's like i said like it's like that's the way the ancient egyptians thought they thought that the pharaoh was basically god on earth personified yeah 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 and i feel like that's the kind of vibe that we have here and that's creepy it's (laughs) It, it it does have cult vibes because like the one of the main things that you know describes a cult is that the cult basically exists to serve the leader, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not supposed to be that way. So I'm not saying it's a cult, of course, but that is a very troubling thing to see. So it's like we could potentially be having a huge scandal with this because it feels like that's what they're setting up for. And if we're gonna go from scandal to scandal, first of all, that's incredible television. But second of all, <laughs> While we have it's it, not really because sustainable. it will implode. Exactly. Yeah. It isn't stable. <laughs> Why do you think Whitney was so close to Mary and stood up for her against, you know, things other people were saying? I, I can't quite get it through my head why she would do that. I don't know. But I don't know if you want to say it, Donnie, but I think personally it's because I think Whitney is not dumb. I think Whitney realized the appeal that Mary had. Oh. I think they all realized what their things were and who was doing what. And I think at the beginning, there was a lot of thinking that Lisa and um, Meredith were going to be like the eight girls of the show. And I think there was a lot of like, you know, Jen trying to be friends with them and certain people trying to be in the inner circle with them. And then they realized like, oh no, they're the boring ones. Everybody else 
is the ones that America loves. And then I think that shifted. So I think because Mary was like the one on the outs and the one, I think that's why I think it was strategic, but she See, now my it. answer is going to be a lot more pure. I think that Whitney has a kind heart. And I feel like Whitney was like the popular girl in high school that I think what we're seeing is the, is her being the popular girl in high school that is nicer to people that aren't necessarily her friends just because she knows like general power dynamics. I am the winner here. So let me just be nice to you and like make you feel good about yourself and get your back and protect you and stuff. Because if it were like a game of survival, Mary would (laughs) be eaten alive the first day. And I think Whitney was protective of that. Hmm. Yeah, or maybe it's somewhere know. in between strategy and. Like, I would say maybe somewhere in between because <laughs> I've seen Whitney has been consistently one of the smartest people I've seen. It's like she took. I tell Donnie all this time. It's like she took Cameron's plan to like kind of like seem kind of you know blonde and bubble headed, but then also was very smart. That thing that Cam on Dallas never really pulled off. She never really came across as smart, but Whitney does. Like Whitney sees through any kind of plot. She didn't wear that costume like she knows i've seen her i've seen her be smart i'm not gonna it doesn't fool me yeah no and i'm also trying to kind of figure out why meredith this season is so friendly with mary and if it almost seems like they did spend time during that very short down period where they weren't filming that they actually maybe have gotten together a few times if it really Mm -hmm. feels like it you can tell that there was something that happened between season one and season two in which their relationship got much stronger i think that thing that happened was jen shah i think like any enemy of jen shah is a friend of mine is how both of them are coming at it okay and that explains why she also was friends with brooks so they kind of like him and his mom, like both set up and they all talk shit about Jin Shah and then like yeah. Mary's kooky. He's, you know, he's Gen Z. I don't understand them. So he probably <laughs> Clearly loves, don't either. <laughs> loves Mary. Like he, Mary is probably a Gen Z icon. <laughs> she's probably oh like, Gen, she's probably like Gen Z's Kathy Hilton. <laughs> <laughs> Does Gen Z even watch these shows? Uh, I mean, a, a huge number of them are, children of the wives so that's true (laughs) okay so then let's get into the the shah rested show whatever you want to call it of it all i don't know what she is the uh oh my god she is something else so one of the most chilling scenes i think i've ever seen on this show and not just because it was filmed outdoors in the cold is jen and Stu going snowshoeing what the fuck was that about and she's telling him you know oh like i'm almost like jealous of you because you have a relationship with your children and mine isn't so good but i had to make sacrifices you know if i hadn't built all these Mm -hmm. businesses families families wouldn't be eating right now like what kind of games is she trying to play and I don't know. And it almost, it felt too convenient to have this footage, like, before her arrest. I almost felt like it was a pickup scene filmed after, but, like, no one in their right mind, whether him or her, would film this pickup scene later. But, like, it was it was scripted almost. It was too good to have footage of. I don't know. Maybe it's just something that happens. Like, when Erica Jane was, like, riding through that place, like, oh, this is where the most, you know, uh, fugitives live. Like, I, it's that kind of... Like, yeah. is this scripted or is this just this person being shown in a candid way? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That is the beauty of Bravo. <laughs> and have you guys heard the stuff about Stu's wife and how the, apparently she didn't know before season one that he was filming for season one and didn't find out, one, that he even worked for Jen Shaw, and two, that he was going to be on a TV show until her friends saw him on the show and called her. Fascinating. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> he seems like a like a grade A like con man. And and she's a con woman. And together, they just, you know, thought that they skirted the parts of the law. They Like, I think yeah. they really somehow thought 
that if they didn't get arrested in 2019, when all those other people got indicted for the same kind of scheme, that they somehow, whatever they were doing was either okay or they got off scot-free. Yeah, they're like those, who are those people from uh, Bullwinkle? (laughs) <laughs> Natasha, Boris, and Natasha. Yeah, they are very much them, but not. They are con people, and he is the biggest con man of all because I was conned in all of this because his wife. I, <laughs> you could have asked me who his life partner was, and I would have guessed everyone else besides a woman. That is the most <laughs> shocking thing of all here. I know. I had Aliza Rosen on the podcast a few weeks ago, and I mentioned uh, Stu's wife, and she like was like, "Hold the phone, wait." <laughs> He's married to a woman. <laughs> shocking. Shocking. Get it? Shocking. <laughs> shocking. <laughs> oh, my God. She's probably like, oh, it's the Shaw District of New York. <laughs> the Shawdern <laughs> District of New York coming to get me. <laughs> okay. Oh so this it's... insane scene. And, you know, the beauty lab and laser parking lot like what an iconic place we all know exactly what this we've all been at a strip mall before like this with the dollar tree in the background and you know shady mm-hmm. things go on you know like in some of these places but yeah. my goodness to see it all go down when jen gets that call and she makes eye contact with the GoPro camera that's <laughs> inside and linked up to that van that they're taking down. I had chills down my spine. It Do was you th- beautiful television. And that beautiful. music that they added oh was... Oh, my God. <laughs> I've watched yeah. it like five you times. Can, yes. You can tell that somebody really went to film school and production. <laughs> I know. Do you think that she came up with that lie right away? Or do you think whoever was on the other line told her, say this and leave? I hope it was a lie that she came up with on the spot because she told it expertly. And it was the perfect lie. It was the perfect lie. It was believable. It gave a purpose of why she could leave. It was rational why she should leave and why she should know nothing else about it. Don't ask me any details. I don't know. It was the perfect lie at the perfect moment. And people online uh, froze the footage when she answered the phone and zoomed in. And it says the call was coming from Sharif. So if, if he knows anything and like, was just turning a blind eye and knew what businesses she was running here. I think then maybe he gave her the lie because it would have, he's already like in that mindset with her. But if Quinn was doing all these things without my knowledge and the FBI came to my house, I wouldn't know how to operate. I would just call him and tell him like, this is what's happening. They're coming for you. But I wouldn't think of this deep lie to give him. I would want to check and this is probably whatever about me, I want to check what happened with, like, her aunt who passed, her father. Like, how did they die? Is this something that's happened to her before? And that would get me my answer. Oh. Smart. Yeah, because internal bleeding is not something that you can see, but it's also Mm -hmm. not something that you would find out from going to a routine doctor's appointment. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's normally something you would find in surgery. So that's what I would try to figure out if that's something that happened. And that's how I would Jessica Fletcher murder. She wrote this. (laughs) If I would chose to do it. Um, Oh my gosh. So she tells them this lie. They're all considering staying there for her, which means that like they really value her as a friend, not just as a cast member. I really think, you know, that really stuck out to me you know wanting to be there if something's Mm -hmm. wrong hanging out with her while he's in surgery and um you know not only you know not even 12 minutes later we start seeing law enforcement and that scene where like it like i forget there's like a boom like in the music and then you see that they're just chit-chatting and behind is someone walking Uh with a gun it (laughs) 
only thing it could remind me of, and this is so weird. You know the movie Signs and how the first time you see the mm-hmm. alien, you see alien like it's on out. TV. They're like watching the TV and there's like a birthday party and they show the alien like walking across and they stop. Like that's what it felt like. Yeah. And like Whitney, Whitney was like completely oblivious looking in the other direction of sunglasses on and you just see like oh invest in everything <laughs> like this is this person is coming expecting a bust and i think it was ryan bailey who was like why did they bring send all those people for that one woman i was like did you not see how she acted when she was drunk at her husband's birthday party <laughs> jen you need backup if you're gonna bring down jen Shaw. They they tend to send a lot of people for these types of things. So I have a friend who's starting with the Eastern District of New York. And what she wants her role to be is eventually focus more on terrorism, where you then, you know, try people or, or you indict people for terrorism and you go to whatever country and you extradite them and bring them back. And that requires Damn. an entire number of law enforcement, local folks, all kinds of stuff. So... So for this, you had like Homeland Security, and I'm assuming there's like Homeland Security office in Utah. You had NYPD come with the people from SDNY who were part of this and leading this indictment. You had Mm -hmm. like so many different law enforcement agencies. And I remember Whitney saying when she first saw all these people, she thought they were strippers. But then like she said, their outfits didn't match. (laughs) (laughs) Like they don't look hot. They just look like they're at work. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't even know like how how would you react in that situation? Which one of the wives would you be? Would you be Whitney? Would you be Lisa? Would you be Jenny or would you be Heather? Lisa, I think. When she kept saying, I'm gonna puke because that's how I felt watching it. So like being there, I'm gonna I puke. absolutely <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I would be Whitney, whereas I like instantly would be on the phone looking mm. to see and like reading off the details. Jen Shaw's blever is wanted for blah blah blah. Like, that's who I would be. Like I'd argue, I'd be on my phone. Like she's famous. If this is happening to her, this is somewhere on the internet. Mm. I, I would like... not be Heather. Like any of the other. I would three, be maybe. Heather. <laughs> you would. You would go out there. Would... Yes. Okay, and so we so... just need a and Meredith I don't... and a Mary. Yeah. I don't think. That I would necessarily have thought ahead enough, like, is this safe for me to do? But I would just be like, that's where they're having the conversation. I don't know what's happening. I want to know what's happening. I'm going to go and figure it out. To, oh, like, my the God, source. no. I would crawl into that ice cooler they had. Like, I, <laughs> I would not want to be anywhere near that. But I also, in that kind of situation, would be like, oh, my God, they must have the wrong people. Mm, like, mm-hmm. I would be like, they're lost. Like something, (laughs) you know, like we'll figure this out. We want to get this car out of the lot. Like, you know, I don't want Beauty Lab and Laser being photographed with a SWAT team. Mm -hmm. Like, let's Mm -hmm. see. Like, let's let's figure out what's going on. It just would be the last thing from my mind that it was a friend of mine. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Um, But do you think it's uh, just like typical for them to be like, we just want to see that she's okay? (gasps) Because that's what they kept asking. We just want to check on her. We just want to make sure she's all right. And then they're like, by the way, what car did she leave in? What color was <laughs> it? Where was she heading? <laughs> did you see where she was headed? Was she alone? Did she look armed? <laughs> oh, my God. What a wild, wild scene. I just, I don't even know. Like, I know that the fandom has this whole theory that like Meredith must have said something to the feds and all of that. I mean, where do you fall on kind of fans reactions to what's happening? Fans reactions to, okay. So I often say the worst part about Bravo shows are the fans. Like they just across the board, you're just doing too much. (laughs) Like these, we're just watching reality TV. And yes, the, Three of us do have a podcast about it, <laughs> so <laughs> we're part of the problem, but I feel like when you involve them and when you get like emotionally invested, that's when you're just doing too much here. So that is my number one thought. That aside, I think that 
Because I have heard a lot of like, why are people treating Jen differently than Erica? And I think a few things lend itself to this. Number one, we've known Erica longer. Number two, there are actual... I think the documentary on Hulu changed a lot of people's views about what was happening. Um, And that case is further along. Mm -hmm. Like we know more details about that than the Jen Shaw one. Totally. I think it's it's for sure a a face to the victims. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Like I feel part of me is like, of course people are going to have all these theories about how this happened who was responsible for it. And I do think any of those things are possible. I do think anybody could have spilled the means, whoever knew. But also, like, Jen Shaw was a woman of color doing a huge scam. She was going to get caught. That's just the way I feel about it. Like, I don't think it required anybody in the cast to turn... It a, didn't. Spill the They've been investigating this since, like, 2012. <laughs> Right. So this was long before she was on the show. I think her being on the show just maybe sped some things up, but uh, or or not, maybe slowed it down. But, you know, in 2019, in November 2019, which is exactly when Andy announced there was going to be a real Housewives of Salt Lake City, there was, I think, like 10 people who were indicted on the exact same charges for the same crimes, and they were yeah. still trying to figure out who was at the top of the pyramid. And they dug and they dug and they dug, and it was Stu and Jen who are at the top <laughs> of the pyramid. So, like, she had the audacity to be on this show, the the chutzpah of it all, <laughs> of her being on this show, and knowing she was committing crimes, knowing people were looking into them. Yeah. That's, that's our Jen. <laughs> it's mean, the most American thing. The only thing I could describe it and I could relate to in a way is I was talking to Stephen Faces by Bravo the day that it happened and we were mm. on on Instagram Live and I was like, is this sort of like when I had a fake ID when I was 20 <laughs> and you know I would start at like a low-level bar that I knew it wasn't going to be an issue to get carded at and I would work my way up to like a mm. bigger bar and if I got into a bar that was notoriously difficult for fake IDs and I got in I like almost forgot that I was doing something wrong I was like oh I've gotten through that I'm gonna you know go to that place again i'm just gonna like keep using my fake id because whatever they should let me drink anyhow yeah (laughs) you know forgetting and it's almost like she got too comfortable just doing these crimes absolutely if you lie to yourself enough you start to believe that or at least forget what the truth is yeah Oh, my God. You're so right about the fans, though. I discovered a really dark part of Bravo fandom this week, which was the the Dorit home invasion truthers. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh. So I shouldn't laugh. It's just like, how can you focus? Like, why is this the thing that you're like a truther on? Of all things. So wait, so they're a legend that it was fake. Yeah. And that it was done for okay. insurance purposes. Well, I'm not going to say anybody's above that. But, I mean, it's L.A. Like, I was, me and Donnie talked about this. Like, we literally saw Suzanne Summers like, doing something in her backyard. And somebody just walked into her backyard. Like, there's a so much home invasion in L.A. I can't look at that and be like, oh, that's just something that couldn't happen. Like, it happens all the time. So that's crazy that people, I didn't know people were doing that. Yeah, and then PK is going after them and publishing their names and where they work. <laughs> he's doxing them. Yes. Whoa. Okay. So I have some research to do. <laughs> and he's calling them the cunt of the week, but he's not spelling cunt out. He's I think it's like C the star N T. And I was like, that's the thing that you're like not saying, but you're doxing these people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people should not uh, be PK. doing these these things, um, but I, I don't know that it's uh, helpful for him to use his platform to go after random Bravo accounts. <laughs> right. And <laughs> that's to what to I prove mean. These that people, he's not a shitty person. Yes. These people can't help themselves <laughs> with, like, they always make themselves worse than they are. Like, Dury and PK are literally the victims here. Literally. And yet, <laughs> they somehow found a way to be in the wrong. 
Yeah, yeah. It's well, it's not Dorit. It's him right. that's yeah, doing yeah, yeah. it. True. And I, I talked to Chelsea uh, Ono oh Bravo, and she was saying, well, he probably feels like he, like he can't do anything. Like, he wasn't there to protect his wife when it mm. happened. He probably feels like everything mm. is out of his control. The one thing he so can do is trying to like stop the, the harassment that she's getting by some of these people that yeah. are like, you're lying, you're making this up, like in her DMs, stating terrible things and then spreading rumors, you know, and then this week they posted, and I only found this on this dark, dark rabbit <laughs> hole in Twitter. <laughs> when Dorit and PK or somebody posted the actual video of the invasion. Mm. So they have these guys that are like breaking the window. Everything's moving pretty slowly. And people are like, those can't be robbers. They're not in a hurry. (laughs) 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 Well, if there was no alarm, why would you run? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Take your time. Don't step on broken glass. (laughs) It took about two hours for the wet bandits to rob Kevin McAllister. So why is there a timetable on this? I think Uh. everyone just thinks they're such an expert in everything. And I'm guilty of it, too. The things that I know about, you know, like, okay, I'm like, I know enough about investigations that th- th- it doesn't matter if Meredith Marks calls a local FBI affiliate and says right. she thinks something's going on. If like, there's that's- fraud there, there's fraud there. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's likely haven't been looked in long before Jen Shaw ever crossed Brooks Marks. Right. <laughs> like, it takes a really long time to build an indictment case that intense that you show up with the sw- SWAT team at Beauty Lab and Laser Parking Lot. <laughs> All over books, Marks. Don't mess oh. with my kid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 20, what are your thoughts on, kid. on him, though? Like, in terms of people who uh, kind of, I know he's younger, but like, like Mia, going on a show and kind of assuming they'll be uh, perceived and treated a certain way and that the audience will receive them a certain way. And then when it doesn't happen, not necessarily knowing how to proceed. I mean, you get what you get. Like, that's really the history of Hollywood. People thinking that they were going to do well, and then they don't. Yeah. It's just something that happens. You can't control what people are going to like. You got to play to win, but also sometimes lose. So, oh, well. I, I, with <laughs> me, I think it's different because there's a lot of, I think, unfairness because of the the closed-mindedness of the women in the group and maybe a lot of people in the world for that I don't like, but also in that she knew that risk when she got on TV. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think is to come? Like, how do you think things are going to unfold next week? I don't know. We just had Ryan Bailey on our show to talk about this episode. And he asked, like, when do you think the next time we're going to see Jen is? Besides the coming out of the courthouse. Like, when do you think the next time she'll film with the women is? And I have no idea. Because next week is two hours, right, Mandy? Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> no, I heard your episode with Ryan and, oh, my God, you guys are all so funny together. Yeah, I don't know when it is. I'm assuming she does some one-on-one stuff first. I'm assuming mm. she sees Lisa first and then Heather first. Um, what I'm wondering is, do all the women get together without her the way they did with Sutton? Um, and Erica Jane, where she called a meeting, or does that naturally happen because they're all going to be together in Vail without her? Yeah, I think it's naturally going to happen because we saw the scene that Bravo put on Bravo Insider or Twitter or whatever, where Meredith and Mary are talking about it. So already they're caught up before these other women are even here. So when they all get together, it's going to be a natural talking point, obviously. Well. Like, you can't have that happen and then say, like, oh, let's play pin the tail on the donkey. (laughs) Like, like that's not happening. I'm just, it'll be interesting to see how many people, which of these women are like, okay, she did something wrong, most likely, and which are like, this must be a huge mistake. (laughs) Because, like, that's how Jen is taking it. She's like, I did stuff, but it wasn't illegal, or I wasn't aware it was illegal. Well, Heather, to this day, because when she was on Watch What Happens Live, oh, she said she, a mess, she said that she always knew that Jen's business was unsavory. But that is her saying it after this whole season has been filmed and things have been in the news. So, like, 
just four hours later or whenever they're filming this after that bus ride, I don't think her mind will be there yet. I think she'll be in the like, this is an accident camp. I just don't think the Southern District of New York makes mistakes. Not this big. <laughs> they make mistakes, no. but not enough that they're they're spending their own money to fly out to Utah with their own law enforcement officers with massive, right. massive indictments. Huge indictments. Just because. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, they're not going to... They've been working on this for nine years. Yeah. This this whole, this specific conspiracy, fraud, uh, telemarketing situation. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so crazy. Okay, before we go, I have to get your thoughts on Winter House. Because I may be the only one... <laughs> But I like it. I love it. I love the debauchery. It feels like there is no COVID. It is just like wild what it was like in college and, you know, a bunch of people with college type problems. And it just, I don't know, it's like the most relaxing thing for me to watch people get shit faced, hook up and fall in the snow. I mean, that's pretty much it. (laughs) Go ahead, go ahead. Um, Just. I think it's fun. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be anything more than that to me. I don't think it's like back to its normal like groove though, because they've had parties and like no outside people from the house have been there, so yeah. they're doing that the same way as last season. But I enjoy it. I thought everybody enjoyed uh, Summer House slash Winter House. Um, Some people were saying they couldn't get the into it. it, and it was like really, it was making me wonder if something's wrong with me. I was like, no, I really like enjoy these this. new these last couple seasons specifically. Or just, just like overall winter just house. Winter house. Just this. Oh, just winter house. Just winter house itself. Okay, so I can see it's not it's no summer house. So I'll I'll give you that. But it's also got these new people, and I think that could be a part of it. Like you don't have you have like Southern Charm, you have some summer house people, then you have people that we don't know, and they're not exactly great TV. Um, one of them is I think Julia, Julia is great. TV. Yeah. I know. That's the reality yeah. TV star that we're watching being born. And she's like sharing a room with Lindsay. So she's getting mentored. So this is <laughs> it's like an apprentice show. Those, it is. It is. Like, when, like, have you seen like the clips of them like playing around in the room and like straddling each other and like being wild? And I'm like, love that. Love that for Julia. Yeah, but they're not focusing on Gabby and Jason, though. And I do feel like they are the weakest links of the cast. But I feel like producers know that because we don't spend a lot of time with them. So I am, and maybe it's because I didn't like Hannah, but I am liking Winter House more than I liked last season of Summer House. I'm loving it. it. Love it. I love it. I love love it too, but I do miss Hannah. Oh, really? (laughs) I see what she brought. Like, I see what she, like, you need somebody who's going to be a drunken, emotional mess. And that's what Hannah would be. She, you need somebody who's a bit more uh, mentally stable than a stand-up comedian. But you do need somebody <laughs> who, because in my opinion, that was the biggest problem with Hannah. But besides that, like you do need somebody to fill that space, and we don't have anybody. I was hoping it would be Gabby because she seems to be a bit, ooh, you know. But <laughs> and Lindsay plays enough. that role, but she transitions out of that role like she can be in that role for an episode but then she's back to being like no i've got it together (laughs) you know like she bounces back it wasn't even half a day of her being heartbroken telling one of her best friends she was in love with him and she bounces back with another guy i could never (laughs) I i could never it's great, but that's just what we expect from Miss Hubbard. That, but the funny thing that what I love most about it is that Lindsay only gets that way when it's about romantic stuff. Hannah was off the rails about everything. Yeah, it was her friendships. So it was true. everything. That's why I was so intense. So we need somebody who will be like I said. I wanted to be Gabby when Gabby got way too invested in Luke over nothing, and you know, it's just I wanted to see more of that. But she's not really doing that. Her and Julia have already made up. Yeah so far but i want to know why julia is responsible for her boyfriend breaking up with her like right? I know all of <laughs> you can't just you can't just lay that out there and, and why would you up. stay friends with someone that you think either intentionally or inadvertently messed up your last relationship that part <laughs> oh 
That's dark. Uh, That's dark stuff. <laughs> it is. They're those girls from um, what was that show that was popular this summer with Jennifer Coolidge? White At Lotus. The, um, White Lotus. Yes, oh. they remind me of those teenage girls. Like their friendship is that. I think. Oh mm. yes, that friendship Perhaps. was messed up. But, but <laughs> yeah. there was that a was clear power up. dynamic in that one of them came mm, from yes. money. True. So right, maybe right. that's Julia, the the former limited two model. <laughs> The white one, too, because there's also yes. that. Yeah. So, like, oh, yeah, yeah I, I really do want to see that. Well, now that you watch that, you should come on our Quinter House Patreon so we can discuss Ooh, yes. an episode. So and I will talk about how much I stan Luke as a Minnesotan. <laughs> now, I'm from Michigan, so I can't really say that that's why I stand him. But there is a certain Midwestern boy thing that I like about Luke. And maybe that's what it is. I didn't think that that could be it. Oh, yeah, for me, it's it. when he had the olives and the beer. And I was like, we we are such idiots in Minnesota. We're like, this is a beer teeny. And this is served all over the place. And no one questions that it's literally just olives and beer. And beer. Oh, my God. The Midwest is a, see, there's a lot of the Midwest that Donnie doesn't know about. He's from Pennsylvania. Yeah, and we yeah. haven't spent a lot of time in the Midwest. Like, you know, so he doesn't really know some things. But yes, that is uh, the and land. And Luke is of- from like the hardcore, like yeah. northern Minnesota, the far ice away box. from the cities. When you, <laughs> like when I go up to northern Minnesota and people are like, ooh, you're from the city. You know, like the city. Like, yeah, it's, like, it's never New York. It's never, there's no city other than Minneapolis and St. Paul. It's, it's like moose out there. It's, yes. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I get it, but I do like I, like I told Namadi, uh, African butterfly was on her. Um, she came on um, Quinter House and we talked about it. I just love watching Luke fail. Like oh, I just yeah. I love watching women <laughs> reject him. His beautiful face when he's like disappointed, but like he has to hold it together. Love it, love Luke. He's like okay, all right. Like he just like moves <laughs> on, you know. I was trying to convince Namade that Luke was actually a kind person at heart. He just has a she big ego, that. and uh, but I and he likes to go after women that are unavailable, and he likes the chase more than he likes the relationship, which is mm. like very obvious. Why he? I don't think he's really into Julia. He's just into Julia because she's not available to him right you know Mm. and but i don't think he's like a mean nasty person i think he's a kind person and he's not necessarily playing a long game with reality tv he's just like showing up and being himself and he may be the only one that's not thinking the way that the others are thinking I have thoughts about that. We're going to say <laughs> we that. Okay, next time <laughs> I, on, on their Patreon, I would love to come on. Da, Donnie and Quinn, tell everyone where they can find you, where they can listen to your podcast, all of the cool stuff you have going on, your stand-up. Sure. Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram at Donnie Hadfield Smith. Um, and if you would like to listen to our podcast, that is Know That, a Real Housewives podcast. You can also listen to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia pa- podcast. And that is co-hosted with myself and Chelsea from Ono oh Bravo. Yeah, and I um, also have a podcast. This is going to be good. Um, where I do a show with another comedian that can be found anywhere you get your shows um, as far as oh yeah I also do Tableverse which is a tabletop improv role playing game which also can be found wherever you get your shows and as far as my stand up I'm performing all over the country but mostly New York City so get in where you fit in follow me on social media um, at the Quinn Lamar on Twitter and that's where all my booking information and everything is Thank you guys so much. We'll Thank have to talk you. Soon. Thank you for having us. Please. Definitely. Definitely.